It's Thursday, everybody. It's Thursday. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. It's time for 10 with Tim. How are you doing today? Uh, it's a wet, foggy, gray Thursday, but it's warm and God is so good. And it's good to be in his word and it's good to be with you. Uh, I love you so much. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your morning to uh, to study with me. I appreciate it. Those of you who are going to join me over lunch or later, uh, I love you too. Uh, those of you who are going to binge watch on the weekend, I hope it's a great Saturday morning for you, and I hope it's all good. Uh, we're in Psalm 60 and Psalm 61 today, kind of going verse by verse through the Word of God and uh, spending some time in these middle Psalms right now before we get back to some other things in the New Testament. Uh, but let's, uh, let's talk about Psalm 60. Um, uh, Psalm 60 is, uh, again, if you're going to classify it, it's a, it's a lament. Uh, I would call it a communal lament. In other words, uh, it's it's us. You have rejected us, oh God. Uh, you've rejected us, broken our defenses. It's it's really not a personal. It doesn't read like a one person's, you know, crying out to God. Uh, Psalm sixty one does, but Psalm sixty is more of a communal lament. It, it strikes me as a as a prayer that might be prayed, uh, you know, at an uh, at a time of national defeat. Or, or, or humiliation. Um, it's just this idea that the people, the nation itself has come into this uh, place of horrible military uh, defeat and, and now cries out to God for God to somehow revive and restore the, the strength of, of the people, of the, of the, of the nation. Uh, that's how it, it reads to me. Uh, I, I see in, in the psalm probably three sections, if you look closely, and they are sort of signaled by, uh, in Hebrew, the, the name for God, Elohim. Uh, in, the, in the translations you're reading, it's probably just God. You have rejected us, O God, is in verse 1, and then you'll find it again, Elohim, in verse 6. God has promised this by His holiness, and then... Uh, again in verse 10 of your Jectedus, O God. So that, that, uh, that use of, the, of that name for God, Elohim, uh, in three different sections probably kind of marks off the sections of the psalm. Uh, it's a desperate situation, and I think part of what we see, uh, look at verse 11. Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. It's this desperate situation uh, nationally when truly only God can help. Only God's uh, intervention could possibly change the, you know, the outcome of the, of, of the, of the people's uh, predicament. Uh, so with that, uh, you just notice the, the strong language, uh, the strong tone of, of lament. You've rejected us, oh God. Again, that's not true. And I think deep down the psalmist knows it's not true because like most laments, the final note of the song is actually confidence. Verse 12, with God's help, we do mighty things for he will trample down our foes. That's verse 12. But now before you get to verse 12, we got 11 verses of where are you and why have you done this to us? You know, you've been angry with us. Now restore us. You've shaken our land and split it open. Will you now mend the cracks? You know, I mean, literally, that's what he prays in, in, in verse 2. Uh, so uh, again, you've been very hard on us. It's, it, it's a typical lament. Um, and again, I know that some of you like, you know, you, you wouldn't dare pray that way. You'd never say, God, are you mad at me? Why are you so mad? At, you know, why are you not listening to me? You know, it's like, it's like you've ruined my life. Now will you fix it? But 
I just remind you, I say it over and over, if this is how you feel, this is how you pray. And the psalmist give you permission, just utter permission to feel what you feel and bring it all to God and, and lay it before him. That's what prayer is. If you hold back uh, th- these, these, these true emotions, then, then you're not praying honestly. And I mean, I mean, you ever heard the phrase honest to God? You know, so pray honest to God and, and, and pray as you feel. Verse four, you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Um, that's a common phrase you find in the Psalms and in the Old Testament, that idea of the, the Lord is our banner. What does that even mean? Um, in, in the ancient world, especially in a time of warfare, an army, a nation might raise a banner. This would be a colorful flag. Uh, sort of, you know, uh, emblem, uh, a gigantic colorful banner which might be raised in the wilderness or often on the walls of a town, uh, you know, uh, you know, re- release that banner against the wall of the town, which you could see from a distance, the, the bright color of the fabric. Um, you would be able to see it and it would be a signal. Again, there, there's no cow's alarm, you know, like, like like in our day. There's no other way to, you know, have a national defense system. You, you could blow a horn, for example, but um, but the the the, uh, the horn blow would get your attention, but the banner tells you where to run, you know. So when you see the banner, it's a banner of safety. It becomes a rallying point. You know, I may like I say, I may blow the horn uh, as an alarm, but now you look for the banner and you know where safety and security are. And so the banner would be released against the walls of a, of a city of refuge or the banner would be raised in the wilderness so you would look and you would know where to go. Lord, you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. So, so when the scripture says, Lord, you know, your, your name itself is a, is a banner, you know, is, is a strong banner then recognize that, that that's what it means. It's a rallying point. It's, it's a place, you know, toward which to flee. Uh, and, and I love that. So Psalm 60 is that, um, it's, it's a communal lament. And again, once more, it ends with a, a note of confidence. With God's help, we're going to do mighty things. They don't look like that yet. Um, I love how in verse 6, the, in, in the midst of the, of the, the disaster, you know, the, the the trial, there's still this recollection of God's promise. God, you promised this, you know, but the present situation doesn't bear out that promise yet, but I'm going to stand on that promise and praise you with God. We do mighty things. Um, let's talk about Psalm 61. Um, Psalm 61 is, it's, it's weird in a way. For me, it's weird in that sense that this very personal kind of lament has this weird prayer for the king, you know, stuck in there. And, and y'all know by now, I'm kind of allergic to this stuff, you know, uh, the, the, the royal psalms and this kind of, uh, add many years to the life of the king. May his years span the generations. Like, why are we stopping to pray for him, you know? Here's the thing. Uh, many scholars believe that Psalm 61 uh, isn't, you know, just a, a personal lament, a, a personal psalm. Uh, it, it might actually be the, the king's lament. So it says it's a psalm of David, and so this might actually be David's own lament, but he is the king at this point, and so perhaps um, it's, it's, it's the king's lament. You say, well, okay, that's weird. Why would the king pray about the king? You know, give the king long life, you know, may his years span the generation. I mean, like, why, what? Well, uh, I, I, think, I, think the, I think that's called, like, 
court style, like the king would be speaking in court style, sort of like when the Queen of England says, you know, we are not amused. <laughs> You're speaking in the royal plural there, we, well, isn't it just you? But, but no, there's this rec- recognition, even for the one who wears the crown, that the crown uh, is, is larger, the, the, the king's royalty, the king's position is larger than even the person who fills that position. So, so even the king himself might 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 speak in terms of the crown, um, as if it's something outside himself. Because indeed it is. There will be a king before him, and there's going to be one after him. And so that that crown is actually um, existentially speaking larger than the individual who wears it. So it, it could truly be the king's lament and he could be, you know, praying about himself, but but in that third person because it's court style. That's how the kings, especially in the ancient world, that's how they would have uh, even even prayed for themselves. Interesting, huh? I think so. Um, but for Psalm, for me, Psalm 61, forget that. Uh, that's what I said. I don't even like, you know, that part don't mean much to me. The prayer about the king, I, you know, I, I, that's not the verse that warms my heart. Psalm 61 has a, a string of phrases that are just so beautiful and, and well known. That idea of, you know, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Like, I've had to stop, I've really thought about that for the last couple of days. Uh, I'm trying to figure out kind of what that means. What is the rock that is higher than I? Like, that's really strange. The rock that's higher than I am. Um, obviously, a high point in the rocks would be a place of safety, a place where you can see the enemy's approach, a place that's easy to defend. So when you're uh, a military person and you're looking for a safe place or a high place on a rock would be at that place of refuge, that place of safety. But the rock that is higher than I, you know, it's such a beautiful and interesting phrase. Uh, most people would say, you know, because in several places, David calls, you know, the Lord himself the rock. So it could be, you know, saying, you know, God, take me to, to you yourself. You are the rock that is higher than I. Um, I don't know. Like I say, it's it's such a beautiful poetic metaphor. It, it, it seems in some ways to go beyond what words can say, and, and I just love it. But I love that phrase, the rock that is higher than I. Lord, you are my strong tower. Again, these Old Testament phrases just piled up in this psalm, a strong tower. Um, once more, this is a, a, a construction. You have the wall of the city for defense, but towers in the wall, which give you once more a place that is nearly you know unassailable from the enemy and a place from which you can watch and, and see the enemy coming. It's a, it's a place of utter safety. Lord, you are my tower, my strong tower of refuge. And then I love the next one. Let me dwell in your tent. You know, we've gone from these, you know, very uh, forceful military metaphors to this intimate language of, can I just, man, can I, you know, can I just stay with you? You know, it's like when I was a kid and I had a nightmare and I'd just go climb up in mom and dad's bed. I'm not going to sleep in your bed. You know, Lord, can I just dwell in your tent? You know, I love that. That place of safety now is, is this uh, intimacy. But then it goes even beyond that. I'm going to find safe shelter beneath your wings. You know, it's like a, a, a chick, a baby bird that crawls up in that warm, uh, soft safety of, of, of the mother's wing and just, you know, sleeps there. You know, I just love that. I love these pictures of, of God is my refuge. God is my safety. Uh, and again, it starts with, you know, this... This rock that is higher than I, I don't even know what that means. This tower of refuge, this strong tower, you know, this 
tent place and now i mean i just all the way up under your wing it just goes from you know the the, the strong you know distant military image to this warm maternal you know up under your wing uh, I, I just love it so much i will sing praises to your name forever and i will fulfill my promises every day wow it's just a beautiful psalm again another psalm of david I'll pick up right here with me tomorrow psalm 62 and psalm 63 you figured it out by now we're going to do two psalms a day how's it is it working okay psalm 62 and psalm 63 so listen stay dry stay in the word i, I think i said i love you i said again i love you so much uh, i love your friendship in the word with me so uh, listen i'll see you in the morning lord willing 10 o'clock for 10 with tim psalm 62 and 63 i'll see you then